How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Fitz is the host of Spain and Fitz. <clears throat> Does it all for ESPN. Can catch him. Host of college football shows. Catch him on Instagram. Drinking Charles Woodson's whiskey. Joins us every Monday. He joins us now. Fitz, what up, man? Man, just living that dream. Uh, shameless plug now for anybody that likes to go out to the ESPN.com. Uh, the ESPN.com. You can tell I'm a total professional. Uh, I'm doing some writing for the chalk site, too. So if you're into the uh, gambling thing, Doing some writing out there. I'm part of the panel. You'll see today and tomorrow. I'll have a bad beats article out. So a weekly, weekly.com. Now I'm a writer. Now I'm the totally guy is writing. writing. Are you kidding me? He does it all. <laughs> you, Jason Fitz is recession proof. That man says I, yeah. I am going to make myself indispensable. It really is like, it's like amazing. I, I, I feel like you would be like a a great person to talk to, like a University of Memphis journalism class or something, because like you didn't start as a writer. You were you're a radio guy, but you're covering your bases here for ESPN. Yeah. Well, uh, there's no. Not by accident. When I first got hired by the band Perry, they only hired me to play fiddle. By the time I left that band, I was playing six instruments and running all the tracks and leading the band. Because the more things you do, the less likely you are to just be, you know, let go someday. That's always been part of my mindset. So uh, the, the grinders, the, the grinders may not always win the lottery, but at least we stay in the game. Absolutely love it. All right, we have a lot to get to. We're going to get to NFL because a lot happened in Week One. But want to start with college football and, and notably the. <laughs> we it's week two and we have a major high profile firing. Scott Frost is out at Nebraska. Why didn't that work? You know, I think unfortunately Nebraska is not who Nebraska thinks they are. And you know, this is a analogy I've used oftentimes. But what happens is like, how often do we have a buddy that you know you go into a bar and your buddy's single and they're looking around and your buddy's a solid five and everybody he's looking at at the bar is a solid ten and he thinks that's who he should end up with. And I think what happens is Nebraska looks in the mirror sometimes, and they think that they're 10s chasing 10s, and so they had a higher expectations. And if you're Scott Frost, instead of coming in and sort of trying to figure out how to build this thing from the ground up, you end up, uh, you end up in a situation where you're trying to use the transfer portal uh, and swing for home runs, and it just it doesn't work for every program the same way. So I'm not sure Scott Frost is a great coach, I don't think he's as bad as Nebraska has looked though. And then the other part of it, guys, is like in new culture, especially with the empowerment of athletes, once you lose the locker room, I don't know how you win them back. And like, that's a new, a, a new thing that I think coaches are going to have to figure out. Like he's obviously lost that locker room. They lost belief in him. 
and through that process, you know, now there's no hope in, in keeping these guys around unless they try and sell a new message. So I'm surprised it didn't happen before. And I'm surprised they didn't wait till October 1st when his buyout number changes, but I'm not surprised he's gone. You know, the other side of that story, you know, and, and we here in Memphis have held up the banner for a while here saying, hey, best conference outside the Power Five in college football with the American, but the Sun Belt. You know, you, the Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern. You also saw App State take down Texas A&M. Marshall beat Notre Dame. It, it, has it reached a point this year, Jason, where we're going to have to give it to him in terms of the Sun Belt and what it's accomplished already this year? A hundred percent. Uh, the Sun Belt has put everybody on notice, and now this is where you know I, I, y- y'all know I don't necessarily love like preseason rankings and everything like mm-hmm. this, but the the power that does come from preseason rankings is I think we've overvalued a couple of teams, and now the Sun Belt's taking advantage of that, and uh, by taking advantage of that, there's an opportunity for them to get street cred. I feel like the committee now is going to be looking at the Sun Belt for the rest of the year. That they're going to get yep. baked in benefit of the doubt, and rightfully so because of what they've done. Talking to Jason Pitts, joining us every single Monday here on the show. All right, um, look, Alabama got the win, and and so like the, it's going to show up in their record as a win. But it felt like to me watching that that if if Quinn Ewers had not gotten knocked out of the game, that Alabama was was going to lose. Um, what did you make of that game? Is Alabama fine? Did that expose some glaring weaknesses in that team as it relates to you know this is a team that everybody says is going undefeated. Did you see anything in that game specifically, even though it was a win, that maybe kind of gave you some pause? Yeah, a ton, especially defensively. I mean, the fact is, even when they beat Utah State in week one afterwards, Saban said the offensive line didn't play well enough. That turned out to be an issue in this game also. The offensive line is not good enough for Alabama to consistently design run the football, which is going to be a concern for them going into SEC season. Also, the defensive backfield was just holding constantly. I mean, we saw a new record for most penalties by a Nick Saban coached Alabama team. Early in the third quarter, they'd already eclipsed the total record. So you think about what that means. I mean, they didn't play disciplined football. They played sloppy football. The defensive backfield looked outmanned the entire way. Like, I, I said coming into the season that Georgia was being slept on, I'm more confident than that of that than ever. And the committee is specifically told the factor – who's available for games and who's not available for games. In the committee's eyes, I don't think they're going to view that as a quality win for Alabama. Texas lost that game. Alabama didn't. Georgia's clearly a better team today. I, I, I think Bama is in a situation where there are still losses left for them to take on the schedule, and they are not in the same class as Georgia. Where are we at, Fitzy, on Jimbo right now? Hey, you know, through 50 <laughs> games in his career, he's got one less win than Kevin Sumlin did through 50 games, a career obviously at Texas A&M. Just, just what are the thoughts right now, how much heat is on Jimbo Fisher? Yeah, the funny thing is he's not called the head recruiter. He's called the head coach, right? That's and right. so when you have amazing recruiting classes every year and you're not winning football games, now you got to ask the question, you're a great salesman, but are you actually a good coach? And, and you know, I think for the amount of money that Jimbo's being paid, there's a, a baked-in expectation there of being a national championship contender. They're not a particularly well-coached football team. So you got all these talented kids you're putting on this roster and you're not getting more out of them. Like there's not enough squeeze from the juice. I think Jimbo is showing his true colors here and that he's a great, great, great recruiter. That's an okay football coach. And that's not good enough for A&M. So wheels are going to fall off there too. And we're going to have to start answering some serious questions about these buyouts for college coaches because, Boosters are going to run out of money someday getting these guys paid. And then does it look like to you in Knoxville? It certainly does, you know, looking at it this way, as much as we hate to give it to them, 
Josh Heupel's got Tennessee pointing in the right direction. What do, what do you think of where that and where they're going to fall in the SEC East this year, Jason? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I think you're right. Heupel's got them pointed in the right direction. I also think that game could have gone off the rails quickly. Uh, and, and kudos to them for settling it down. But my concern is always going to be when you play with the pace of play that they play with, you're leaving your defensive on defensive line on that field True. that much. I, I, man, I just think when you're playing the best of the best in the in the SEC East, I, I don't know. Like I think that's going to be difficult. I think Kentucky showed us they're a lot tougher than they're getting credit for. Yep. We, I, you know how I feel about Georgia. I think right now I, I would pocket Tennessee in third in the East um, because I think Kentucky deserves a little bit more respect there, but. Man, I'm not sure how that pace of play is going to work if they're playing against Florida, for example. Yep, we'll see. <clears throat> All right, on to uh, on to the NFL. What um, what was what was top of mind for Jason Fitz in Week One? Was it the Titans' home loss to the Giants? Was it Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdowns? Uh, was it Dak Prescott's injury? Like, what what's top of mind for for Jason Fitz after the first NFL Sunday? <laughs> Well, first top of mind is I'm trying to figure out why this there's like a random helicopter that's just around. So I'm sorry if that's really noisy. The for takes you guys. the takes um, on Instagram were too hot, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're coming nah, for so, you. Here's the thing: I thought it was. I, I walked away from week one really feeling like teams need to play their starters in the preseason. And I know, like everybody worries about injury, but I just I don't get it, man. Because like when you watch the timing for those offenses, it just looked it, it looked bad. Like we watched bad football. There were more turnovers in week one. By the end of the first games, there was more turnovers than there had ever been for a week one ever. And now think about that. Wow. Like, teams are just like, they're just grossly mis- uh, mishandling the football because they don't look ready to play. So, and I'm not even just talking about, you know, my beloved Raiders. I think you can look up down the board. Like, the, the Titans didn't look conditioned to play. And, and, you know, how many times did we see teams jump out to big leads and then have to scratch and claw their way back? We watched awful special teams in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game. Like, it's just, it's just bad football because everybody's so worried about injury that you're, late, you're leaving your guys off the field till week one, and that means that you're not really getting a sense of who your football team is until week three. You know, you saw the Vikings take down the Packers 23-7, sacked Aaron, I believe, four times, forced two turnovers. Now, I will say as a Bears fan, I've seen this, you know, they, they went out and looked bad against the Saints last year, and then Green Bay, you know, the roll up their sleeves went to work. No Devontae, though. You guys have got him with the Raiders now. Is this is this step-back season for Green Bay? Are we waiting until a couple of more games? What do you think of where Green Bay is? Well, I think this is more of a statement of where Minnesota is. Like, I picked the Vikings to win the division, and Sarah told me I was crazy. But, like, I think Mike Zimmer, that coaching staff, has just not done a good enough job. And so now you get different coaches in that have a different voice, and what do we see? We see, you know, there's too many playmakers. I know we're not playing Madden, but there's too much talent on that Vikings team for them not to at least be good. And so I, I, I sat there and watched that and thought, man, you've got a real talent divide between the, where the Vikings are and the Packers are to me. They just, they're asking at some point, they're asking uh, Aaron Rodgers to be Superman. And, and I just, I don't, I don't think that's human. Like uh, at some point these guys need people to throw to, and he's got nobody and, and the Vikings do. So I thought the better football team for the season won that game. And by the end of the year, the, the Packers are going to be a playoff caliber team. They're a wild card, but they're nowhere near where the Vikings are. Specifically uh, on the Titans, we got their first. We got the first look at them. No AJ Brown, um, and and they end up losing at home. Derrick Henry has 82 yards. Um, is this is this a foreboding of things to come that it's going to be a struggle for the for the Titans like this all year long, or are they going to pull off the most tight things the Titans thing ever and beat Buffalo next week? 
No, I, I think this is an absolute indication of what the Titans are. And this is why, you know, to me, the loss of A.J. Brown was the most significant. Uh, I, I think the most significant free agent or trade of the entire offseason was A.J. Brown becoming an Eagle and A.J. Brown not being a Titan. And, and I just I will stand by this uh, until I am blue in the face that you've made Derrick Henry's job more difficult, which they showed in week one. And you just don't you don't have that guy. You don't have that that game wrecker. And, you know, I got into this argument with Harry Douglas because he was talking about, well, you know, sometimes having a committee of wide receivers. And I said, Harry, man, you know as well as I do that when a defensive coordinator sits down, they say, okay, there are guys that you have to account for. And Harry said they're called game wreckers in meetings. And I said, you just lost the game wrecker for the Titans. And now you're telling me that it's just going to be fine with Ryan Tannehill? Like, I'm not buying it. Offense is going to be hard to come by. I think the Titans take a step back, and, and they showed us that they're they're going to be a clunky caliber you know, they might win their division because the division isn't good, but this isn't going to be a very good Titans team compared to the rest of the AFC. Which AFC team you think, Fitzy, and it's it's week one, but which AFC team you think most threatens a Bills-Chiefs AFC title game? I mean, Bills and Chiefs just made statements as far as I was concerned on the road, but if there is an AFC team that's a the most serious threat, which one to you is it? Oh, uh, it's the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, guys, I picked the Chargers to win the West, and nothing I saw yesterday changed my mindset on that. I mean, Justin Herbert is, is, a, is a brilliant quarterback. They have every weapon you could possibly ask for on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. They've got superstars everywhere. Uh, all they've got to do is not get uh, – their coaching staff has to not get in the way, and, and they didn't in week one. I mean, that was a, that was an absolute battle between the Chargers and Raiders. That's two playoff caliber teams, yeah. and the Chargers won. Like, I, I take far more from that win than I do for Kansas City blowing out a bad Cardinals team. So, like uh, – or an okay Cardinals team, I should say. So, I, I think Justin Herbert – and the Chargers are going to give the Bills a run for their money by the end of the year for sure. Don't, don't worry. I'm not worried about it. The Raiders are about to win two in a row here, winning next Sunday, and then we're beating the Titans. I'm not worried about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I thought, there was, yeah. I thought there was enough encouraging signs. I mean, it's not like the Chargers just blew our doors off, right? I mean, they were competitive in the second half. They won the second half, you know, and plus they're, they're about to be 2-1 and one here, so I'm not going to freak out about it. Yeah, it's a long season, too, guys. I, can't, I mean, as, as joking as, as I keep saying that to everybody on Twitter, it's real. Like, one week does not a season make, right? And, you know, I, I'm in the bank that Derek Carr's not going to throw three picks every week. So, you know, three picks and, and you still – you barely lost that game on the road. Like, I think there's a lot to take away from it. The Raiders are still going to be a very good football team this year, no doubt. Fitz, always appreciate the time, Thank you so man. much, Fitz. Thank Have you. a great week. Why did we not spend the whole time talking about the Bears crushing the 49ers, by the way? Congrats! Because it said more about Trey Lance not being ready than it did anything about the Bears. Not going to waste your time, the, the but condi- right. the conditions, man. Yeah, man. You, know, the, you almost have to throw Not going to waste out. your time yet. We'll see. <laughs> yet. All right. You boys have a great week. Thanks, yeah. brother. Thanks, Fitz. He is Jason Fitz. Joins us every single Monday here on the show. Yeah, that was uh, – that was a, that was a, it's nice though. It was nice to get that one. I mean, you're freaking one and zero. You're not gonna catch me coming in here bragging. Uh, one game does not a season make unless you're the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott's out for six to eight, right? Is that season over? Yes. I think that season's over. You lose your guy like that, and it's it can be done. The the the, the hopes weren't all that bright even with Dak. Whew. And the con- the concerns that I had about C.D. Lamb came to light. I mean, he's not ready to be a number one. It didn't look like it. He's not ready to be a number one. And it's not like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is just this behemoth, right? I mean, they they got lit up but, all but year. But Dax last year. was inaccurate too. No, he was bad. Like, like you know, he looked he like was he was bad. worried about his line yep. and having a, yep. and he was not accurate. So yep. so for CD in his defense, there some of them were weren't even on 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 point. But yeah, but the, no, you're the, right though. That didn't look like a one. You know, 
you're, you're, you've got a great connection with your number one. Yeah, the Cowboys season uh, ended before it started. That is, that's, no, it's, it looks over. I mean, it's Cooper Rush. Or, you, or do you go out and get somebody? You should, go tra- you should trade for Jimmy G. You should trade for Jimmy G. They won't do it, but they should. You know, I mean, they're the Dallas Cowboys. If you're the Niners, do you give up Jimmy G at this point after what you saw? Well, that, that's complicating. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. You 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 give it like another week or two, and then you kind of like I think re- reassess. You say to yourself, "Well, look, it was his you know first real start, and the conditions were just brutal, you know, on, on that field." So, and, and he also did not have George Kittle. So it's I don't true. I don't think you could you could say. No, they're not ready to do it now. Yeah. No. But you get, I mean, there it's 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 being monitored. But it, it gives you more comfort, obviously, yeah. with having him in the in the yeah. locker room. Uh, all right, so we will come back, Jason and John, ninety turn FM, ESPN. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 